I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am your father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 336. What are we doing? The Disaster Artist. The Disaster Artist. Sorry. Didn't we just talk about this? It's been a long week. <laughs> like literally, it was probably five to ten seconds before. Yeah. It's, it all blurs together. That's I fair. had a that's con. Fair. I didn't go to bed till one o'clock. Like that's late for me. I haven't gone to bed yet. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, that's your choice. That is my choice. That's that's I guess so yeah. was staying up to one o'clock, but <laughs> hanging out with something Haynes or whatever. Walker Hayes and Old Dominion. Yep. There you go. There you go. Those are big nope. country acts. Perfect. Old Dominion. I hope I hope people who love country. Love those people. Old Old Dominion is a big country act. Okay, yeah, they are. Oh, I totally believe yeah. you. I I know nothing. They about open country for music. Eminent Domain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Eminem's country group. Yeah. yeah. Now this is going to be a real treat for the people because we're going to do the entire show in our best Tommy Wiseau oh, accent, which uh, is great. I'll get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think A twenty four did a A twenty four is the that I think it's British. It's production. They're on company. fire this year. I'll yeah. tell you that much. But they did like... Uh, oh, that's why they spelled four with a U. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> umlaut. It's all over it. Um, they well, did like a, the best... An umlaut. I don't know. That's not even... <laughs> we no I say that over Motorhead or... I'm sure that's German. <laughs> that's German. That's probably... Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they did like their like the, the Tommies. So it was... People could submit their best tommy impression right and then they good. put them they put them online they're some of them are very good people <laughs> go into coffee shops and they go into malls and they just yeah do, they the, do it do, do the craziest scenes. in the middle of like the you could tell people walking around are like what is happening <laughs> I like, the one that won is the skating rink did you yes, see the winner i did see the and winner. there's a guy that like goes to check on it because he's like doing the death scene and he's in the middle of the rink he's humping and the guy's the, like checking the dress. Him, but he just keeps on groaning and the guy's like are you okay and he's like ah i'm doing a part and he eventually just looks and he's like walks away <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do that, you have to do that in, like, New York yeah. or L.A. Like, any other, in St. Louis, they're going to be like, call the cops. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's something wrong with them. You they're will. like, this is too artsy <laughs> yeah, to be. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't go for that kind of stuff no, around no, here. No, too artsy-fartsy around here. These here parts. But yeah. then, like, Denny and Lisa, like, the two friends playing them, actually walk up in the skating rink. And I think that's when the guy turns yeah. around because he's like, what is, what is happening? <laughs> he's like, you can tell he's old. He's like, 
I think I'm being punked. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is that Ashton Kutcher show, Wilmer right? Wilmer yeah. Valderrama going to... Oh, was he on punk? punk? He, they were friends at that time. I don't know. I think they both had MTV Remember shows. He was and, a thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> Is that the one that no he's that's not Fez. going? Yeah, he's not the one that's going to jail. No, that's so. Danny Masterson. Dan- yeah, so. he's a bad guy. Danny Masterson is in some trouble, lots of trouble. Yeah. They pulled him off whatever garbage show he was on, The on, Ranch. Yeah, with Ashton Kutcher, I think. Uh, yeah, people liked that yeah. show, but it's one. It's funny. It's I hate the internet sometimes. People are <laughs> like, they're like, oh, he's can't, he's no longer on the ranch, and people are like. Whatever that is, and I'm like, you know what? I get it's not your thing, but it's like their third most popular. Yeah, right. Very popular. Is it a comedy? Yeah, it's. I think it's. It's like a regular sitcom Mm -hmm. type of thing. Is it with like just like a sitcom? But it's it's, uh, Danny, and it was Danny Ashton Kutcher, and then uh, uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yeah, is like their dad or something. And does he have the mustache? I always has the mustache. Now he doesn't. He didn't have the mustache on Parks and Rec. Well, there's like one he time because yeah. he was the opposite Ron yeah. Swanson. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was the mustache. Uh, yeah, it's and it's from like two of the main writers from Two and a Half Men. So it's that. Oh, it's, it's on, that type of show. I gotcha. Yeah, I never got into that show either. Yeah, which I means hate I hate it. But people, yeah, love it. it's like the Big Bang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's can't sorry, st- it's I, garbage. I can't stand I, garbage show. No yeah. offense to no, people I'll, like it, but I don't care if you're yeah. offended. Oh, well, it's not for you, Joe. <laughs> but I cannot stand shows like any of those sitcom shows. I, I like How I Met Your Mother because it's smart, right? And I mean, it's not a traditional sitcom, but it's still in that category. Yeah. But it's so smart and so good. And anything that's like, I mean, Friends, I just started watching for the first Friends, time. I like, fr- like I know, Friends was good. I'm like that. Okay, that transcended the, Seinfeld's the, the same genre. Way. Seinfeld's oh sure, but but all these newer ones, it's like oh, they're just not funny to me. Like Two and a Half Men, I tried to watch that one time. Garbage. Yeah, garbage. That show is no. so bad. My my wife really likes New Girl, and I. I'm not a he like I don't like Jessica or Jess. I think yeah. she's annoying, but, but that think, shows. But Schmidt is really funny. That like, shows smart other, too, though. Like yeah, so, that, the good the, place. Out, the other characters are. I don't know funny. if you would call that a sitcom, but like, shows, I mean, it's just thirty minutes. It's, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, it's very much a situation. Okay. So like the good place, new girl, like those shows. Again, the writers are smart. Those are the the younger like those are the comedic talents of mm-hmm. today. That all those writers, you know, just like I love comedy, bang bang. I love. I don't like comedy, bang bang. Oh God! Yeah, well, I'm not like I've I've tried more than once. Well, we can't talk. <laughs> I love that show, but it's like all those com- the younger comedians, like all the people that go on Comedy Bang Bang. All the guests are the writers and the stars of all those newer comedies, and yeah. I just love that new group I, it of talent. Fe- it feels like those like the Big Bang Theory and those shows feel like it's when your mom and dad try to be cool, <laughs> and it yeah. fails miserably. <laughs> yeah, that's what those shows feel like. And then yeah. they're just like, hey, you know what we should do? Make another one of those. Oh, okay. We'll do Young well, Sheldon. When it makes that kind of money. No, that's true. Yeah. That's like, what that's, you do. Yeah, that's very true. That's what you do. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's not people are like, oh, TV's out of ideas. It's like, there was a show called Mrs. Columbo. <laughs> so this isn't a new thing. I don't think TV's, like, TV is going through a renaissance. Like, I think TV is doing is doing some more creative things than movies. It's so fractured that you can you don't need to be as, ma- as, as mass appeal. Right. To have a hit. You can go anywhere you want. So you can get shows like The Good Place or one of my favorites that I will plug, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, I know uh, you're a fan. That's, uh, that show's amazing. Like The Flesh. I, I tried it. Just didn't no, it. you didn't like it? Eh, it Dang. Like bored. Yeah. That's a shame. I love that show. Mr. Robot. I still haven't gotten around to that one. And then, so I mean, that's network. That's USA. That's USA. But uh, then USA of course you- always has like so they had Burn Notice, which was awesome. Yeah. Like I love that yeah, show. Yeah, it's great. Uh, La Femme Nikita. Suits? No, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, they had was suits. Popular, yeah, suits was popular. Dead Zone. Robot. Dead Zone. Dead Zone was, was, was I never watched it, but it, it was, was good. It was a good yeah. little show. Yeah. They've had some good shows. It's an interesting concept to turn into a TV show that makes complete sense when you turn it into a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah, Dead Zone, good. Christopher Walken. No, Dead what? Zone was was Michael, Anthony Michael Anthony Hall. Michael Hall. But yes, but yes. The no, movie. I'm saying Christopher Walken movie yeah, was yeah, turned yeah. into they a, turned into a TV it show. Was that property? Really? Yeah, it was pretty good. And it lasted like five or six seasons. USA. They'll okay. they'll do some weird stuff. Yeah. Hmm. So we should probably go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. Oh hi Tom. Oh don't start. Oh, you know you're going to be the only one doing yeah, that, right? Yeah, it's just you. <laughs> this is Kevin, and this is Tom. There you go. And my name actually is Tom, right, yeah. but I'm not going to do it. So we need a Mark on the show. That's yeah. what we need. I made a point not to invite anyone <laughs> named Mark. Not doing that. Oh hi Mark. Mm-hmm. But I do That's have one. But I do have breast cancer. <laughs> Did a, you get the test back? It's official. Yeah, you definitely. So have I definitely it? have. You're, breast you're cancer. fine. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just real quick, shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. It helps us tremendously. We greatly appreciate it. People who were kind enough to share the show this week: Librarian Cynthia, Linnea Thunsell, Chris James, Dylan Lang. I think I that's, think that's a, new, a new one. I believe I that's think. a new one. So uh, we'll have to put that. Uh, in, off to the side so Dan can write a song That's for right. you on the next episode. Uh, Tom Gomiski, Tammy Sherman Powers, Chris Sanders, Timmy Tuzunes, Lane Levanway, Travis Tewitt, Brent Smith, Jason Weesey, Griffin Fox Smith, Julian Jordan, uh, Christine Standerfer Hogue. That's a new that one. I think it's a new one. That's going to be a fun song to write, yeah, Dan. Good luck, Dan. Yeah, Richard <laughs> Lawson, Dustin at Nerds at Night Gaming, Chris Magic Man, and Jason Michael. So uh, thanks, everybody. For sharing the show Especially our new people Thank Yes you. absolutely We love to see new people Hop on board So welcome to the fold That's right uh, So there We've got uh, all the busy work Out of the way We will now talk about The disaster artiste So I knew oh, with an umlaut Yeah, yeah with, with an umlaut. umlaut With an umlaut That's uh, how you know To pronounce it artiste <laughs> Right I knew the room existed Like I knew it was a thing I had never seen it so, oh wow, you have never, never which one did you watch first? The room. Okay, so you did watch yeah, it. Yeah, I, I mean, I figure that's the way I should do it. Yeah. I loaned him my autographed copy. Autographed oh Blu ray oh, copy, yeah. mind now, you. Did you loan him your autographed underwear that Tommy sends? <laughs> no, that you're the one that purchased the underwear. <laughs> oh. I, uh, I'm the only one with Tommy Wizzo yeah. underwear. Does so. it, is it in the font of Tommy Hilfiger? It looks a lot like Tommy Hill. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. So, and for people that if you if you don't own a copy of the room yet, and you would like to purchase one, we're going to do a shameless plug for stuff that's not us. Yeah, right. Uh, it's an altruistic plug. This is the season. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you're going to buy the DVD or Blu-ray, you should buy it directly from Tommy Wiseau's website because. Uh, it'll come autographed, and it's like two dollars more than if you buy it on Amazon. And why so not? And he literally will send you a free pair of underwear with it. Did like you send a free pair? Sometimes underwear? that's the deal. I, that was thankfully not the <laughs> oh. deal that was going on. But it did come in a bag that said underwear. <laughs> no, it didn't. Yeah, Are you serious? And, yeah, it was like he like recycles the plastic bags. He's like he just throws it in there. And so I'm like I the DVD shows up, and I take it out of the bag, and I put it in the DVDs, and I left the bag on the kitchen table, and my wife's like. You buy, Did you buy underwear? Why is there a bag of for underwear? It's just, on a, it's just a white bag in black print that just says underwear. It says like Tommy was so underwear. And she's like, what is <laughs> that? Is so weird. What is that? And yeah. I was like, I, I, we'll watch the movie, and then <laughs> it will all make sense. It won't make any sense, but it will make sense. Yes. She's like, okay, fair enough. So first of all, you missed out. I'm sorry. And second <laughs> of all, uh, so if you get the underwear, order two sizes bigger than what you think you will wear, 
because I ordered extra large, which is like let's norm- be let's be honest, Kevin. Well, it's not. It's <laughs> it's my waistline, but no, I ordered extra large and. I couldn't get them over my legs. <laughs> like, I don't know if he just has one size and he changes the tags. Oh, no, I'm or, sure he I, just made up his own sizes. Right? But I don't know if this is for, like, models and so extra large models. Where, you know, but so, like, order, if you're a, a medium, normally get the extra large because you will get a That's medium. That's hilarious. So I can't even use them. So I have these underwear that with the big, the band is three times taller than a normal that band. Sounds about right. <laughs> it says block letters, Tommy Wizzo, oh around the front. <laughs> it's just, what, a, what a strange crazy story it is and if you for all the listeners out there if you haven't read the book this movie we're talking about the disaster artist is based on a book written by greg sestero who, uh, who plays mark who plays mark in the in the movie the, but, the dave franco character yeah and and so he actually uh you know this whole story is real about him going to hollywood with tommy and meeting him in acting class all that's real and the movie does a really good job but the book goes so much further in depth to the craziness and it also alternates chapters so it actually goes back and forth between oh it's like gone girl Yes, it's yeah. like girl. <laughs> in a way, yeah. Uh, and so it it the, it alternates between Mark uh, Greg meeting Tommy and then the movie being made, and so it's really interesting that it's like a chapter about how they met, then the first day on the room, and then how, another story about them going to L.A. I can see the disaster artist kind of feels like that. Like it's it it, def- it flows more linear. Well, it's but more it chronological. Goes, yeah, the yeah. first part is meeting, and then the second. Right, yeah, right, right. But the book is really neat, and you get all that stuff. Uh, you get more info, and it actually some of it dives into like investigating Tommy's background, which they which don't- like that is the most that's the most insane part of the whole story, right? So we're, we'll tell you right now. So this nobody knows where this guy's from. He finally admitted he's from Europe. Perfect. On Johnny, on and John, Johnny on, Carson. On, yeah, <laughs> very old. On the Steve Allen show, uh, Ernie Kovacs was filling in, and uh, uh, no, on, on the Arsenio Hall show. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Kimmel on the. Jimmy Is that Kimmel, right? He, he. They finally they had him and like. The Franco's, it was like a whole panel of, okay. and he finally admitted that he is from Europe. And not Jimmy New Orleans. Like, he's like trying to get where you from originally, and he just goes, he's like, well, originally from Europe, and then everyone's like, what? And, and they kind of brushed it off, but James Franco's like, this is new information. No one's <laughs> ever heard this before. He's never admitted it. People all think that he's from Eastern he, Europe, yeah, yeah. Yes, but that's exactly it's where never he's been from. admitted, so we don't know the exact country. Also, no one knows how old he is. He What's says the thing is that like, he's, he's in his 90s. <laughs> There's the great scene with uh, in the movie with um, Megan Mullally, Mullally, yeah. where she's just like, "How old are you?" He's like, "I'm as old as your son." And he's, you're she's 19. Just like, no, you're not. And then she, then she goes, "Yeah, I just turned 14. Best life. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good." I, but I, yeah, they don't know where he's from. Yeah. They don't know how old he is. They don't know where he gets his money. Where yeah, which because he w- they. There's a scene in the movie where the guy's just like this. This account is a is a money pit. Yeah, they, they were. He they, was like, it's a bottomless pit. Yeah, like you're. He's like, don't worry about it. Your check's gonna clear. <laughs> and that's when they're like, okay. I love that Seth yeah. Rogen in that scene where he's just like, yeah, here you go. And he's like, it, it went through. He's like, oh yeah. So yeah. there's lots of different theories, and the book gets into it again. Such a great read. But uh, he apparently was. Some people say he was selling knockoff clothes like designer clothes and bags and things but he had supposedly bought a bunch of properties in la like before the whole meeting greg situation he bought all these businesses and sold clothes and so you know he made his money from clothing that would explain the weird style like i always feel like people who are in fashion sure like dress super weird and they're just like no it's fashion there's a thin line between having no style and having 
style style yeah. like high fashion yes but like the, you're right the, the that's du- why like the double belts thing I'm yeah. just like mm, that's but that's why he dressed like that he's been in the clothing industry for 20 years and trying to be fashionable right. so there's that some people say drug dealing rumored totally rumored but some people on the set speculated that during the room which could mean anything and then uh one of the big theories is that he had some kind of rich relative that left him that's a bunch that's of money. what i think it is like i think there's a a relative somewhere that he just it's a money pit. well like, he also talks in the book about that he was in some sort of car accident yeah he does and so oh. he says in the movie too. yeah so yeah. i always wondered if it was maybe some sort of he got some sort of large cash settlement maybe six million dollars worth definitely could have been but geez that's a lot of money especially i mean even 20 seemed, years ago it, it also was, seems like there'd be some sort of public record but if he had gotten some sort of cash settlement and then bought some property oh, and then the real, you know what i mean yeah. and like and just, just kind of got lucky sure yeah, that's, you know that's possible but that's his the the thing is that he lives this this mystery he is this man of mystery that goes on these tours and that's the character he's a real person but he embraces that mystery because that's what's so intriguing and yeah. why people bought this book and why they go see this movie if they have heard about him like who is this guy how do you make this six million dollar movie if all those answers came out it, he wouldn't i guess be as, be, i guess that would the 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 mystique would be yeah, gone. It wouldn't be as interesting yeah. because we're just like, who the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly is what I this was. Guy. And that's the way they play this movie is like he steps out of the shadows yeah, and he's just there. Like he just shows up every once in a while. Yeah. So we'll get into it. This the movie, the disaster artist. So anyway, I watched the room. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's I, appropriate. Like yeah. there were. So I don't know. Kevin's probably old enough to remember this. Tom absolutely is old enough to remember. <laughs> I was like, well, wait. That was a weird starting point. Like, uh, so back in the late 80s, early 90s, USA would have this thing called USA Up All Night. Uh-huh. And they would have, like, it was downtown Julie Brown or somebody would host it. And it would be, like, softcore porn on USA, <laughs> right? So it was, like, Silk Stockings or uh, something, you know, whatever those shows were. Right. This felt like it the wanted Red Shoe Diaries. the Red Shoe Diaries. Yes, well done. Uh, this felt like that the, was a Showtime. It sh- was on Showtime. It had nudity, but U- obviously uh, USA on USA, not so cut, much. Not, yeah, yeah. Uh, they would. This felt like it wanted to be. This was like a low rent, and now USA Up All Night was already low rent, a lower rent, right? Uh, USA Up All Night movie. So the first time I watched this movie and Devin, friend of the show, brought it over and we watched this thing. I thought I, my first reaction was this movie was supposed to be a softcore porn. Oh, absolutely! The first thirty there's, minutes of it, there's like <laughs> twenty minutes of sex scene. Okay, so the, that first sex scene, which they reference in the movie, as I'm watching the the original room, I'm like, he's 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 banging her belly button. Yeah, he's so far off of where he should be, and then they reference that. Yeah, and, and I was like, ha ha ha. Aha, as Paul Harris would yeah. say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's like so, it feels so apparent where I'm just like, he was trying to make a softcore porn, but like it somehow didn't make it there, but then he tried to make it a legitimate <laughs> movie. Because how do you put that many sex scenes in a, like before you yeah, get into the plot of they, the movie? It's, they literally have like, so there's about five minutes of movie sex scene. About five minutes. Sex scene also with the awkward Denny character. Oh my gosh. So weird. Yeah. So weird. And then there was like another 10 minutes sex scene. Yeah. Another like 15 minutes sex scene. And then that stopped. Like that was kind of the last one. Maybe it's his European roots where like things are a little different over there. Like <laughs> nudity know. on the TV. So whatever. weird. So, so weird. That poor woman. 
that poor woman. I know. Yikes! Yeah. Like even like watching the movie originally, I was like, oh, this oh, poor gosh. actress. Yeah, yeah. Like get drunk before those. Read the book and find out all the stories of how badly he treated. He's like throwing water bottles at people. So that's it's- the thing is like when you see the production of this movie, it's exactly how I thought it was going. Like every horror story I've ever heard, and I just also just watched the Jim and Andy documentary where. Danny, you know, Danny DeVito's like somebody's getting sued because this is nuts. Yeah, and that's exactly how I pictured this production for the room going. That side note, poor, that poor director on the Jiminy, like the oh yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, that like if you haven't seen that, that poor guy, like he's just trying to make a movie, a good movie, and <laughs> yeah. do his job, and he's a good director, but the stuff he deals, and he's like, I just, I just want to talk to Jim, <laughs> and and he's like, well, I'll tell him for you, because yeah. that's and, the deal. Oh. Is like Jim, Jim Carrey did that production as Andy Kaufman, yeah, like he went through that whole. Th- he was he was doing a uh, what's the guy from Thirty Days, Thirty Seconds to Mars. Oh, Jared Leto. He was doing Jared Leto before Jared Leto was doing it. Uh, okay, so we open in an acting class with Melanie Griffith, who I initially thought was... Uh, the Joker? Jane Fonda. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's had so much work done on her... I like. I don't know how she made her lips move. Who's the one that was in... Uh, yeah, the... originally the part was played by Jeff Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the one that was just in that Fifty Shades of whatever... Of suck? Kim Bassinger. Kim ba- with Kim all the work. It, like she Basinger. Looked- Basing her. So I, was, I thought it was, I don't know. She looks right. like the way that she's I think had, it used to be Basinger, and then they corrected everybody. Yeah. Baldwin. Wasn't she married to Alec at one point? Yeah. yeah. That was Alec's wife. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Kim Baldwin. But I'm just like, who is that? Because like they've both had so much work done. I'm like, who is that? It's one? so weird because Kim Basinger looked really good in- Basinger. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> looked really good in uh, the next, the guy, the nice guys. She's like the she's like the DA and the nice guys, oh. and she looked like a million bucks. I so I wonder happened. if it's Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> just like, um, here, put powder on your face. <laughs> Maybe it that's is. all we got. So we open well, we, the movie in, is introed by like 10, 15 oh, celebrities. Which uh, like you think those were those were jokes? No, or do you think no. they're legit? No, I mean, like, do you think that's how they legitimately feel? That's how they feel. Oh yeah, like okay. so. Thing- it's Kristen. It's Kristen Bell, Adam Scott, Kevin Smith. Uh, JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams. Yeah. Um, Key and was it one of the Key and Peels? Was, oh. No, maybe I'm making that up. There's there's several, but so there's the point a was a lot of big names. Yeah, and the point was the reason they did that. Uh, Seth Rogen w- has a great interview on Nerdist. Plug for Nerdist too, since it is the <laughs> season. Uh, but he has a great interview where he kind of yeah, explains they need, they need the help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, maybe they'll plug us. Yeah. But so he says that the reason they did that was so that people that were new to this, like they didn't need to advertise this movie Disaster Artist to people that watch the room, right? Yeah. Because they're gonna see it. I think if you hadn't, if you didn't know that the room existed. You would, oh, you would not believe that this. No, was that's true. very true. Absolute. That is absolutely true. And so they did that as a way to connect with people that didn't know the room and they're seeing this movie, and to show that like all these people that they love, you know, you're certainly going to know J.J. Abrams, but you might know Adam Scott from Parks and Rec or Party Down, Kristen Bell from The Good Place, Veronica Mars, whatever. So they gave all these different celebrities. Anna. Well, yeah, but well, people yeah, don't. But you don't role. see her. Don't see her. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah, because people watching <laughs> Anna and Elsa are going to. <laughs> it's the disaster. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but it gives them all a connection to these celebrities. But it also shows you like these are big names and they all Huge love the names. room for different reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. So we open on this acting class uh, and it's Dave Franco uh, who is playing Greg. And then I can't. I wish I could remember the Asian guy's the off name. Off the boat is that the off the. He's boat? the off the boat guy. He was also Kim Jong Un yeah. in the interview. He was also Asian Jim 
on The Office, yeah. which is, if you haven't seen that gag, that is one of the yeah. best gags on The Office of all time. Yeah. I love that gag. So they're, and they're doing a scene, and Dave Franco's character just is not, he's not working. It's yeah. not good. And nobody's good. Like, it's, it's one of those things that I, I think that people kind of forget about LA is that for every Brando, there's 500 guys that don't make it thousand probably i mean, I mean yeah, it's like the numbers and people move there to, and and most of them end up working yeah. in bars and waiting tables Apto, and aptow is in this movie as himself and has a great line where it's just like yeah for every one of those there's a billion of you yeah. like it's not it's not gonna happen for you right it's the hard truth yeah yeah it is and that's that's something that i think people don't realize about hollywood like you don't just you don't just go to new york and automatically you're on broadway yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they you know Melanie Griffith is there as this acting coach and she kind of says, "Look, you've got the look. Like you're a good-looking kid, but you can't act." So all of a sudden, you know, Franco's kind of defeated. He walks back and she goes, "Does anybody else want to do a scene?" And out of no, like literally out of the dark. It's hilarious. <laughs> the way it's filmed with him in the background and, and the shadows, the back and of his head. Up. He's like, I have a scene, and he walks down, and it's it's exactly what you think. I mean, you've seen Tommy Wiseau. He's become more prevalent now. Yeah. Oh, I would say in the last five years, probably. Yeah. Um, he it's Franco doing his bat, and I mean, that dude needs to be nominated. He's going to he, be. He has to be. Like, I don't know how he can't be. Yeah. Walks down and just. Sit, like he pulls a girl out of the audience. It would be funny if out of everything James Franco this has is done, what he gets. that this is what he gets. An did he Oscar get nominated for, for one twenty hundred twenty seven hours? I believe so. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, and he did. That's a, that's I, that's a fantastic. That's flick. a great movie. Yeah. yeah. So he he takes a chair and he turns it backwards and he sits down. And this is all filmed from the back of his head. Like I love the mystery yeah. again is that you don't see him until he starts performing. Right. So the camera follows him and yeah he picks up the girl. He's like you now and then right and then he just she's like me what what do I do and then the act the acting teacher's like just go with it yeah just <laughs> just go go so he sits down he kind of like does like the AC Slater thing where he sits uh, turns the chair around and sits puts his head down and all of a sudden. He just starts screaming Stella. <laughs> and he's doing the, that's the James Dean scene that he loves, right? Uh, no, Brando. no, no. Marlon Brando from a streetcar. Oh, that's desire. the Marlon Brando yeah, scene. Yeah. The, the, the Not James, the tearing the, me apart The one, James sorry. Dean scene comes in the yeah, room. Yeah, tearing me apart is from Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. Yeah. You're tearing me apart. Um, so he, You're taking he, me apart. Yeah. <laughs> so he just starts screaming Stella out of nowhere. And it's like the first couple times you're like, okay, like we see what we're doing, but he just keeps doing it. Yeah. And do and the girl is standing off to the side and she's just like looking around and like, nobody's stopping him. Yeah. <laughs> so he takes the chair and he flips this chair in the air and he runs over like kind of runs over to like a a set basically and starts scaling the set and is still yelling. He's not saying anything else. Just yeah. Stella yelling. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing. Falls off the set and then he just stops. And that's pretty much Tommy Wiseau. Yep. Completely untalented. <laughs> He's 100% untalented. Yes. But 1,000% committed. Yes. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. That's yeah. exactly what he is. And he has this drive where he's just like, I mean, okay. This You're movie. Tell me I'm, I can't do it. I'm just going to do it on my own. Yeah. yeah. This movie could not have been made. Like, for as much crap as he gets and as many people that are just so blunt about him not being talented like he made this movie by himself with, yeah you know whatever however he got the money he got people involved he wrote a script he made it through the hell that it took did he and write a script just put some words together <laughs> well that's what it is and it's like he did that through his determination no, yeah. and got this movie made that that 
it is now bigger than he ever could have imagined. Like if, if it was, if he was really serious and it was okay or decent, you know, it might've made a, whatever, a couple hundred thousand dollars have been, you know, okay in the theaters. But like now it's made its money back and has it, has it really? Yeah, like, I'm, oh, I'm honestly, I'm oh, curious yeah. as to what it's he made. tours around the world yeah, it, showing it. It's, it's huge on the midnight circuit. And I mean, he's in St. Louis every couple, every six months or so is that right? for midnight screenings. Oh, yeah. And right. no one else owns it. Tommy yeah. owns it. So which is, I, if you want to see it, you have to pay Which is Tommy. why you can't find can't it on a streaming it. service. Like you can't like he be, normally when they sell movies to streaming services, you they don't buy them one at a time. Sure. Like the studios package up here's a hundred movies and you know, and uh because his is kind of on its own, you can't bundle it with anything. So most stream- I wonder if he has a deal with A twenty four at this point. I don't know. Because they did they did this. The, the Tommy Awards or whatever, right? So I wonder if he has signed well, some sort of distribution deal. They're just promoting the movie. Well, then why would they promote a movie they have nothing to do with? What do you, because how well, do you? I'm sorry, the movie, they're but, promoting the disaster, yeah. right? Yeah, they, like, uh, yeah. Seth Rogen you. talks about it on the podcast about how genius they are. Like he's like, usually, you know, it's so hard working with a company and trying to market it. But he's like, A twenty four is brilliant, and I agree because I've seen all the stuff. Like they did they screenings put out some of crazy stuff, yeah, crazy and, good stuff. But they've done screenings of the room, and they've made big Tommy's planet beach balls and oh huge God. footballs, <laughs> and they, the Tommy Awards. Like they are promoting the crap out of this movie, yeah. and everyone is talking about it. So like A twenty four is on fire with that. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing is it's like they they know that they've got to get this weird movie that most people haven't heard about there it's also it's coming off of the interview like yeah. i don't think when was the last time we saw seth rogan in a movie oh uh, he he's been in neighbors old. movies and uh, the, oh that's the true, but I mean, like this this group yeah he's sausage party yeah and, that's true but, but i mean he was a voice he wasn't but yeah those two neighbors movies that's true, were that's true. The, they're pretty big movies right? though they were i mean the big enough to make a second one yeah that's true. and geez him and evan goldberg are into so many so future man is hilarious is that them yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they created that. Uh, Future Man on Hulu. All episodes are out. That is seriously just laugh out loud hilarious. It is an amazing show. Go watch it. But then Preacher is they got them. Preacher. They've got Invincible. They've got uh, yeah. Those, Future Man. Those guys never stop working. Like those two are crazy busy with yeah. Projects. Which is fine. Like that's. Yeah. I mean, awesome. Yeah. Do it. Well, yeah, Strike while the iron is hot. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> while watching Tommy do this scene. Greg, who is Dave uh, Franco, like becomes infatuated and not in a gay way, but just like, look at this guy. Well, he's got what he doesn't. Right. Right. He wants to be an actor, but he doesn't have that passion. Right. That Tommy does. Like, how does he do that? (laughs) And Greg sort of has a little bit of skill. Like she kind of says, she's like, you've got some there's something there. And even when we see Sharon Stone later. Where she's like, "Yep, sign this kid now before anybody." Yeah, else Yeah, he was a good-looking dude, and he uh, and he was a working actor. I mean, he was in, in so he I mean, he was kind of starting to make some inroads. Right. I mean, he was making a living doing it. They don't mention it in the movie, but he was in like fan something Phantasm three. Yeah, he was like, in some like like horror. Sequel. He was in Phantasm three. Yeah, I forget which He's one. Like but, they flew him to the other country to, yeah. and he was the star of it. And so like it was a huge. Break Wait for a him. minute. I've seen Phantasm 3. I think that's what it is. Of course you have. Yeah, because it's great. The tall man. Uh, Yeah, so he has an interaction with Tommy, and he kind of says, like, do you want to... And out of nowhere, Tommy's like, let's just move to L.A. And Franco's just like, what? He was no. He was in Puppet Master. He was in okay. He was in Retro Puppet Master. Okay, so I have never seen a Puppet Master. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Phantasm, on the other hand. Yeah. Let's talk about it. 
Um, but yeah, he was in Retro Puppet Master. He was a uh, had a an uncredited role in Patch Adams, an uncredited role in uh, <coughs> excuse me, Gattaca Ed TV. But he talks about the. I mean, he's a extra. He's yeah, a, he's a glorified extra. Right, yeah, but right. I mean, but um uh, and then but Retro Puppet Master. He was like a main character. I think he was a star, of, was a star of the movie, and. Uh, um, so they brush that aside. Like yeah. this is very close to the story of how it happened, but they only have a couple hours. It's like an hour forty-five. Yeah, so it was pretty. It was they, a pretty it, good. Clip. It is every scene's interesting, and so I think they did a really good job of consolidating it down to the important stuff. But yeah, they don't mention that he actually was an actor in between making. They make it look like he went from went from L.A. Yeah. to the room. Yeah. Like that's what he did. Uh, so they go to L.A. Him and Franco. Greg and Tommy. Greg and Tommy. Yeah. Uh, Greg has this sweet car. Um, and Tommy does. Yeah, tired. Tommy has this amazing car, and Greg's just kind of like, "What? What is Another going?" Another fantastic on? scene with a kid. So he's picking up. This is when he, he picks goes up to pick him up for, for, for lunch or whatever. To, yeah, yeah. And so he, uh, Greg's out there playing football with the little kids, and Tommy pulls up, and he's like, "Wow, this is a really nice car. I, none of my friends have this." He goes, "Because all your friends, are little kids." Yeah, <laughs> just and he's just he's just like no. No, like we're just we're just I'm just here. waiting for you. So it's funny when you watch the room first. There's all of these random football scenes, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, what? What is up with the football? I don't get it. But like Tommy has this weird affinity for football. He like, wants to prove that he's all American guy, right? Tommy right, calls yeah. him all American guy. Yeah. I do like when the like casting so, directors are like, no, you're the villain. No, it's so like ironic, though, because he's clearly not all-American guy. No. But he's like, I mean, he is a citizen. And he's like, I love America, and I love football. And yeah, it's, it's so there's great. a lot of weird football yeah. in the movie. So they go to this scene where they're doing the They're, they're, the getting, they're getting food or whatever. Like a CPK. Yeah. And, and uh, they're reading like some man, on the electric man on the mountain. <laughs> some pl- I don't know what the play is, but it's like, and so there's, it's like gods on Mount Olympus or yes. something like that. And Tommy convinces Greg to do this scene like, out loud in front of everybody and, and he's like and but go these, for it these people are eating he's like i don't care about these people it's just <laughs> you and me and and uh, it, they just go nuts yelling back and forth everyone's watching them and and tommy gets them all to give him a round of applause <laughs> right. in the middle of the restaurant he's like oh good job good yeah. job <laughs> i like it. The, the you're on the mountain the wind is blowing <laughs> and he's <laughs> and his hair oh my god is so good at this. i also like, i did see a, an article that said the like you these guys are like brothers yeah, and you needed brothers to be these characters. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen them on screen for this long together. No, this is the first thing they've done like partnered up on full, and you could feel it. Yeah. Like you could feel like they're 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 into it. Like right. as you know, their their bond, and that helps mm-hmm. with the bond between Greg and Tommy. So this is where Tommy just says, "Let's just I got a place in L.A. Let's just move." And Greg's just like. You have a place in L.A.? Yeah, why are we here? Yeah, he's just like, yeah, I got a place here in San Francisco. I got a place in L.A. And Greg's just like, what? (laughs) All right. He goes, goes, I have have another place in L.A., but I don't stay there often. Like, like, which would, of course, be 10 times more expensive than his place in San Francisco. And he doesn't use it. Uh, What do you think? I don't know that it would be. Really? I think think San Francisco Francisco is is super expensive. Is one of the most. I mean, not that L.A. is cheap, but I think... L.A. is very sprawling. Okay. Yeah. San Francisco is like... Because part of the problem with L.A. is it doesn't have a center. Okay. Like, there isn't a downtown L.A. Oh, okay. And so um, it just goes, goes. on forever. Mm-hmm. And that's why you'll see, like, I mean, like, I had, had a friend that lives in L.A. And I was like, oh, are you going to go to the Monkees concert? Because it was, they were doing, it was like the last one with all three. And he was like, I don't know, man. He's like, that's about 20 miles from here. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like... 
dude, L.A., 20 miles from here is like a three-hour drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, with that traffic. Yeah, he's like, no. He's like, and so it's like, you know, where, but San, so you can, you can live there in, you can live there in absolute super expensive yeah, ways. Sure. But I think you have more options for lower income living in L.A. than you do in San Francisco. I didn't know that. Yeah, I always thought L.A. was like, I mean, that's I, the bi- I remember a story like, man, 15 years ago, San Francisco was having so much problems, so many problems with like waste with the the cost of the of housing increasing so rapidly and that they were having trouble. They couldn't like. They couldn't find like nurses and firefighters because none of them could afford to live there, oh, right? Right. Wow. right. And so they hired this guy in, from I think Minneapolis, who was like a housing expert. And they were like, "Like we're gonna pay you to come here and study study the problem, and then try and figure out ways to come up with lower income housing." Now, lower income housing is normally synonymous for like <laughs> the projects, and, right? But they meant like legitimately, like how can the working middle class afford to live here because we need them, right? You know. I mean, like lower income, two hundred thousand dollars. Right, <laughs> and so, so they hire this guy, and he he so he does his initial survey of the market, and he's like, okay, so if I sell my house and I want to move there, here's what you need to pay me so I can afford to come there and buy a house. And so they're like, okay, he flies out like three weeks later, and uh, and looks around, and uh, and then he he calls him back, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to take the job. And they're like, why not? Look, because in the three weeks between when he told them what he needed to make and what he when he was trying to buy a house, real the estate prices had gone up so much that he's like, the amount of money you offer me doesn't work anymore. Wow. And he turned down the job. Now, this would have been like 2002. This would have been like the the major run up before so we're the bubble at burst 15 years later yeah but um but it's but it's always been like that Golly. it's very very expensive to live I in stayed uh, I stayed I was in San, I stayed in San Francisco once and it was such a weird it was a weird thing to begin with cuz like a friend of mine had an apartment but they were moving out yeah so we just stayed I felt like we were like what's the uh just crashing in this random apart there's no furniture yeah like we're sleeping on random stuff and i was like this is this is weird i don't like this at all yeah. i feel like we could go to jail we're squatting basically and yeah the, like, she's like no no i still i still have it for like another three days and i was like huh. all right yeah, this is weird it's ex- that is an expensive city to yeah live in. no joke so they pack up and and he and Tommy picks him up like the next day at his house and they move to, they move to L.A. And so great scene with Megan Mullally. We talked yeah, about, we talked about it yeah. where she's just like, how? What? Yeah. What's happening? Uh, so they go and Greg immediately starts going to uh, auditions. Right. And so they're they're a team like they're, you know, make a bond and pinky swear. It's right. a really funny scene, but it's like Greg's a model. Yeah. And Tommy is Tommy. Yeah. And so, yeah, you see the back and forth of Tommy circling ads, all American. All American guy. <laughs> yeah. And he like Greg, Greg is just circling ads. Like yeah. Greg, he's just going to work. Yeah. Uh, and so he's not really hitting, you know, he's getting. <laughs> the headshots. The, the headshots. The, the modeling, yeah. The I did, wind blowing in his I head. like the. So this is where we see Sharon. He ends up getting a deal uh, with an agency. Yeah. And I think Greg Sestero is the, the secretary for Sharon Stone. No. I think so. I don't think so. I think so. I. I so I watch those back to back. It's well, I not, know he looks not, different, but I think that's him. If that's him, he something happened. I think <laughs> like, yeah, he, like just he, like Tommy has prosthetics like he took and everything. His face off. Yeah, maybe not. I thought that was him though, because no. I know they're both in the movie. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay, I'll look it up. Anyway. Okay, 
So this and Sharon Stone shows up. Uh, another one who's had a boatload of work. And yeah, the disaster artist he plays casting agent. So I don't know if that's different or not. Yeah, well, that casting agent is not what that all. No, is. isn't no. okay. That, that's like a book. That that's an agent to get you jobs. A casting agent is okay. going to be the person that finds people to like they do the made the decisions okay so he wasn't just some other random casting scene yeah, okay, yeah. never mind is then. tommy in the movie too after the credits oh right okay yeah that's yeah. fair uh so he gets this deal and like tommy gets super jealous like yeah. he is not like anytime greg gets a little bit of traction yeah tommy finds a way to knock him back down or in his personal life that's what i'm saying so they go they go to the bar and he kind of starts flirting with allison brie who's this bartender and tommy's immediately like let's go like this is boring i don't want to be they're having a great time and he's dancing like an idiot but as soon as he sees greg talking to a girl right because he doesn't want to break up like tommy and i don't believe tommy has ever had any kind of like gay connection to greg he doesn't like him that way but like he doesn't want his best friend taken away from oh him. yeah he, i think that's it's what it not is. a jealous like no. that but it's it's like well if you separate the best friends then it, Tommy's it's gonna be by it's himself. like a jealous 15 year old yeah yeah it's exactly, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is so uh allison brie and and greg become a couple and this isn't like an entourage situation it's not really allison brie it's no no I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah she plays a, she, allison brie is playing a character it's not like was it who is it jennifer jennifer uh no it's uh, sasha gray no the one in, in entourage turtle dates uh jennifer jason lee or J- jennifer love who oh i don't know i don't know in entourage turtle dates the actual that, actress playing herself or something i think it's sasha gray oh never mind. moving on i okay. just want to say she's playing an actual right character. She, right yeah, yeah. so nothing is happening nothing is working um and they finally like tommy has had enough and he's getting super pissy so they he goes on you know greg is trying to calm him down and greg just says look man like let's just do it on our own and you'd think somebody gave tommy a puppy yeah (laughs) because he like the light bulb went off and he was like yeah of course like why wouldn't i do that so well, the, and he gives a tragic backstory that he wanted to be an actor, but then he got in this car accident that Tom mentioned right, earlier, right. and that kind of ended his. You know, it was very bad for Tommy, and right. and so maybe that's where he got his money. But he quit his dreams of acting since then, and Greg is since Tommy's pushing Greg because it's his dream. He's pushing Tommy in the right. same way, and and that's what's really great, especially when you read the story. It's like those two guys were there for each other, and as crazy as Tommy is. Greg would have never made it if it weren't for Tommy. No, that's Tommy true. Tommy pushed that's him, true. got him to even go out before the puppet master thing. Like, if it weren't for Tommy, he owes him a lot, and I think that's why he put up with so much. There's a scene with Brian Cranston uh, that shows how much de- how dedicated Greg is to Tommy. Yeah. Like, there's a so there's a scene where Allison and how douchey Tommy. Yeah, yeah, right. So there's a well, we'll jump forward just a little bit where he where they're working on the room and. Um, Greg has grown this beard, which, by the way, looked awful. Just yeah, say that right. Like it looks like that a some, fake beard. Yes, it was absolutely a fake beard. I would think so. Yeah, I just it looked like somebody taped, grow really... taped pubes to his face. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell if it's just like he he does have that like baby face <laughs> yeah. in real life. So I'm like, is that like his attempt? To no, grow a beard? no, that was a fake beard. Okay, so uh, his girlfriend ends up knowing. Like they see Brian Cranston at like a Starbucks or something, and she ends up seemed like, oh yeah, like I do Pilates with him. So they have this conversation. Uh, and Cranston basically offers Greg. This is, I guess, this is real. Mm-hmm. Um, where he offers him a role on Malcolm in the Middle because Malcolm in the Middle was like the hottest comedy at the time. I don't think was it Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, in the book. Oh, 
Oh, like maybe they changed it. I to think get they might have changed it because oh. they probably had. I don't think it was that exact, but he did. But was it Cranston? I don't remember. They might have changed. I it think so it they could be tweaked. Cranston. Okay. I think he just had a he had a gig. Okay, yeah. and and he did this too. It's a real situation. So but, I think yeah. they just like I will say for the most part, I felt like this movie was very faithful to the book. Right, they compressed some timelines. They played a little game like with there just to. It's easier to. I wonder if they can't have the rights to something. I think it's probably just no, easier right. to just... Con- to convey what happened. In that moment, yeah. it you know it's it's just more dramatically interesting. Yeah, it's take from a, a storytelling a book down to under two hours, right? The, yeah, but for the most part, I feel like it was a very fair representation of the story. Like mm-hmm. uh, the mom is French. Greg's mom is French in the book, and so he does like a French accent when he's talking about his mother is French and always like talking about Tommy. It's like Megan Mullally is not even not, trying. No, so they no. change things like yeah. that to get different actors in it. Okay. But but the overall story, yes, is very and I different. will say everybody in this movie. Uh, you recognize, right? So it's Paul Shear, June Diane Rayfield, Jason Manzukis. So basically, the, I how, love did, it. the I, how did this get yeah. made crew yeah. is in this movie. When do we get our movie? I know, right? It's coming, it's coming. So <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about. So they're getting, they've got uh, Tommy's up all night. He's writing the script, drinking all these Red Bulls. <laughs> is really that what funny. it was? Yeah, he's okay, got Red Bulls okay. everywhere. Yeah, uh, he's writing on a typewriter. It, it's like a montage over he's several like, hey, days. Greg, how do you spell? Blah, blah, yeah, blah. So like, <laughs> hilarious. I, like I said before, I just have to say it again. James Franco is fantastic. In this it's movie. interesting to see his like his career you know yeah. like he started as the the cool kid on freaks, freaks and geeks, geeks. Yeah. uh and then he kind of he was seth rogan's buddy yeah he kind he was basically like the sidekick to rogan for yeah. a while uh and now he's he's steered that into this pretty illustrious career like yeah. the dude's legit i mean he teaches acting classes at ucla right? uh he stopped now but he used to actually teach classes the guy People don't give Franco, James Franco, enough credit for being talented. So, like, they see him as a goofy guy. They see him in the interview in Your Highness. They see him in Pineapple Express. But then you have to remember things like 127 hours. hours. But also, he does a lot of indie art house movies that he does. you may not see. But, like, again, I was saying, you know, he teaches or taught acting classes. The, the guy is a very talented actor, and, and people don't give him credit for that. And, like, this movie, he uh, this was really his brainchild. He Spider Man, yeah. But he he. This is his project. Like this is a total love letter to the room and Tommy and he and his friends love it. And he actually directed the movie. This is the weird Inception part. Franco directed the movie as Tommy Wiseau directing himself playing Tommy Wiseau and See, all it's the that other kind of garbage. I'm just like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but look just, what movie it made like he i mean okay yeah you know like i could see him directing the scenes in the room yeah as tommy like i could that okay but don't be a dirt he but he was committed the main thing is he was committed to the role like the guy yeah. for the entire filming of this movie was in it but yeah great Did he mail anybody dead rats he no he's not a d-bag that's fair <laughs> so so anyway uh so yeah he 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 makes greg read the script he goes takes and greg it. is just like all right. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll read it. And he <laughs> yeah. looks at him like, okay, start. And so yeah, right. he reads yeah. the whole thing. It's super awkward. Like, yeah, Greg is just like, yeah, okay, I'll get to it. And, and, and they just look at him. And Greg reads it, and he clearly is just like, oh, God, But he's like, you did it, Tommy. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they, they go to Burns and Sawyer. So the first people we'll meet are, Which is I guess, Han- Burns and Sawyer. Hannibal Burris and Jason, Jason Manzukas. Uh, they decide that they want to buy the equipment oh my God. to rent that it. Was the be- that was another great part where... So Manzukas is saying, he's just like, look, you, you pay this much for rent and this, da, da, da. And he's like, no, no, we make a Hollywood movie. I w- I'll buy it. And Hannibal, like, Bur- like, well, Hannibal Burris is just like, 
That's not how it's... What? <laughs> the standard is that you rent the equipment, it's cost prohibitive, and he's like, no, we buy it. Yeah, we buy it. So they go and have their little meeting. And then they, like... like and then even would... studios don't buy it. No, hell no. Like that, you know, like... It changes too quickly. Yeah, you don't the, buy... the technology advances so rapidly yeah. that they don't even invest the money. Yeah. They rent the equipment. Right. And then, so he, then he wants to do it on video and digital. Yeah. And Manzukas is like, I don't think like the lighting is different. He's like, no, 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 we do them both. This is all true. Yeah, we do them both. One of the reasons why it was so expensive is he bought the equipment instead of rented, and he shot simultaneous <laughs> HD and a thirty-five millimeter. Yeah, they take two crews to operate. It's totally different lighting, two sets of sound, everything. So like, it's crazy, it's insane. But Tommy wanted to be a pioneer, and yeah. he, you know, first movie to ever be filmed in thirty-five millimeter <laughs> and digital. Like, he always has this passion where he's like, "I'm gonna do this thing," yeah, and do it. Yeah. he did it. So, so there's that scene, and then we get to the 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 uh, crew, the rest of the crew. So right. they go on. Uh, they're filming at Burns and Sawyer. That's yes. part of the agreement. And uh, we are introduced to uh, Raphael, who is the DP. It was Paul Shear. Yep. Scripts. <laughs> I do like where he's like, what is DP? It's like pr- production designer or, f- or whatever. It's like uh, director of photography. Director for, yeah. yeah. DP. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and then and then uh, set the script supervisor is played by Seth Rogen, right? Uh, and then uh, yeah, and so they're like, "What is this thing?" Oh yeah, and Tommy's like, "You're hired," and they're like, "Oh, do you, you don't want to like have us talk to us about the project?" Like, no, you're nah, hired. You're hired. And, and then <laughs> and Rogen's just like, "Well, as the script supervisor, I would like to see the script." And he's like, "No, you're fine. You'll get one when you get one." <laughs> and he's just like, "All right, whatever." I do like the scene where so they're setting up the set, they're doing all the sets or whatever, and. Rogan looks at like the, the this corner set. They built this like set. back alley brick wall, and, <laughs> and they're they're building it literally next to a back alley brick. The wall. exact same back yeah. alley, and he's just like, "But why don't we just film out there?" He's like, "It's a big Hollywood movie." That, that's gonna, not how Hollywood does yeah, it. Yeah, right. Although it like, is how Hollywood would do it. Right. But yeah. <laughs> and they just and this is and so they cast uh, the girl, the blonde uh, from the room, who like that casting was hilarious well they're just making these like no you're you're a cowboy but you're you're you know you're riding on a and you're drinking a soda and the gal's just like am i still a cowboy what am yeah. i doing great little montage of the casting <laughs> yeah. so yeah this, so they end up with this cast so and, but the blonde walks in and he just goes you're hired yeah like she doesn't do anything and he was like that's it she's like that's it it's like he's bored with casting <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. right or he thought she was hot I think he was bored with that. That could also yeah. be the case. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, I, I I think she's cute actually. I do. Uh, she was really good. I liked her yeah. as well. Yeah. The real one or the one of them. The real one. They're yeah. both of them. Yeah. 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 Uh, and this and they. So we are off and running with this train wreck of a shoot yeah. where Josh Hutchison is Denny. Is Denny. Yeah. <laughs> Chris R. Played by Zach Efron, which I didn't realize was Zach Efron until. He said, like, there was, you saw his butt. Yeah, until and I then saw you his were butt. like, that's oh, it's to- that, totally that's Zach, Zach Efron. Tishy. Yeah, yeah, he's like, can I, do we have to call him Chris R? He's like, no, that's his name. <laughs> so, so in real, okay, so do, do you think in the room when you watched it that Chris R was one of the best actors in the room? Like, no. You didn't? No. Like, I thought he was the most believable actor about giving my money with the gun and everything. Like, I guess it was just like that movie was what it was. I was like, these everybody. Because he's awful. by far and large considered one of the best actors in the entire room. I mean, like, I could see that for sure. That's uh, like being the prettiest Denny's waitress. <laughs> but he's believable. Like, he actually seems like an actor, though. He's yeah. believable. He could have been. You know, yeah. uh, he's not a real actor. He's the only one that's not a real actor. He's just a guy that, that like, right? called, like, did a favor for them. He's first thing he's ever done. I don't think he's ever acted since. And he's by far and large the best actor in the that's room. Funny. It's just, it's just a 
funny thing. Yeah. So remember they do that one take in the disaster arts. They do that's one true. take. Like, that was amazing. Yeah. Because it's like he's so good. And that was their. That was like the first scene they were yeah. shooting. There was like oh. And I love could... how there's hope. Like everybody has this glimmer right. of hope. Like this is going yeah, like, well. Hey, maybe this might be maybe, okay. Yeah. It won't yeah. suck. Uh, <laughs> but, but Danny, Josh, but yeah, like I didn't realize that was Efron until. Like after he was done with the scene, because he's yelling the whole time, yeah. And then he finally talks, and I was like, "Is that? Yeah, because like, that's Zach Efron. I mean, that guy's ripped Zach Efron. Ri- I guess. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, like, he's come a long way since a, like a High School Musical kid. Oh, like, like yeah, now you know he's in Baywatch and he's from. all. <laughs> what do you know him from? Uh, Neighbors. Yeah, but I just mean we are your friends. We are your oh. everybody. America oh. still <laughs> still in, in just a. Uh, all a tizzy what a t- oh god over we are your friends but you know he started in high school music i do like, know that's that, what yeah. made him yeah but that's not what i i mean i didn't i was too old for that stuff yeah um so then the production is just a disaster literally a disaster from here on out yeah. uh everybody's kind of has their scenes and uh <laughs> the first day that so this entire time the relationship between Greg and Tommy is becoming more and more strained yeah. it's because deteriorating. Greg, Greg has other stuff going on yeah. and Tommy is just like he kind of says that he's moving out with it. Greg is moving out with his girlfriend and Tommy's like what about the movie and he's like yeah we're like we're doing it like I'm with you the whole the, yeah, I don't have to live with you to make a movie right like yeah. I'm I'm not leaving like we're good and so I kind of felt like Tommy was starting to spiral a little bit yeah and they do a very good job of. Allowing him to spiral, but not making him completely unlike. They're making him unlikable, right? But not to the point where you're just. They've they've changed that character, where even though he's unlikable, he's still likable because he's just Tommy. Like right. that's kind of what it is, you know. Like I don't know how else to explain it. It's just like that's just what he is. It's the you name. Know, it's the yeah, right. How do you not love somebody named Tommy? I mean, it's that's eh, all right. <laughs> uh so. I'm trying to th- okay so then we get to the scene with Brian Cranston he's like look I, we need you as a like if you want to come on we'll bring you on as a uh, a mountain man or a, a lumberjack. lumberjack they need a lumberjack and he had a beard to, right yeah right so he goes to Tommy he's like hey can we can we delay this scene the the beard so they're gonna shave his beard if you know in the room the the mark character walks in for Tommy's wedding clean shaven they're just like oh you look amazing super weird um She's like, can we delay that scene just a, a little bit so I can do this thing? He's like, oh, no, no, I can't do that. He's like, I, I got to treat you like everybody else. And he was like, I just need like two days. He's like, no. And of course, he is struggling with it. Allison Brie, the Allison Brie character, not the character that Allison Brie is playing, walks <laughs> in and she's like, I can't believe you and walks out. And he sh- the next scene is him shaving the beard off for the, the scene. And he gave up. I mean, Obviously, we know now that it wasn't Malcolm in the Middle, but if it was something big enough, it, but it was a good a good role. I forget what it was, but it's a stepping stone. It's, yeah. You're still working with these people, putting on your resume. That's what other studios want to see. Is right. He tells a big story that's not in the movie, but in the book that he was in Patch Adams, and he really plays it up because he's like, oh yeah, when he's auditioning, he's like, yeah, I was in Patch Adams. Oh, he was a background right character. He sure, doesn't even sure. have a line, but he's like, I was in Patch Adams with Robin Williams, and I know this director, and so he uses that. So like, yeah, if he can put that on his sure, resume, sure. I would was in Malcolm in the Middle, you know. Right. Um, but no, I think the you main gotta, point. You gotta pad it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think the main point is no one can understand their relationship. Like, the girlfriend, and rightfully so, is like, you need to stand up for him. You need to do what's for you. But, like, again, Greg owes ev- not everything. You can't know, give him, He owes a lot. But, but he's there because of Tommy. And so even if Tommy is kind of being a jerk, he still feels that he owes him because right. that's why he's there. So, like, I don't think 
it's it's hard for anyone else to understand I agree. that magnitude. Yeah, right. So there's a scene where like the Tommy and Greg have are on the outs. Like it's not good. Uh so they're all they're there to do the, the breast cancer scene, which if you've seen the room <laughs> <laughs> it's the most ridiculous when I say it's the most ridiculous scene in the movie, that should tell you something about the room. Yeah. Like if this is the scene where it's just like, eh. uh, and the, like, it's so hot. Tommy doesn't have the, like, I don't know why he won't kick on the AC or whatever. Spending, well, so this is at the point where he is, hasn't he already seen all the behind the scenes footage that people are. Yes. So, so he has hired a second unit to videotape he's spying on everybody because well and because this is he's trying to make a documentary like it wasn't even to spy on people the whole point is he's you know filming the first movie in digital in 35 millimeter and it's the room this masterpiece he's the new tennessee williams you know yes. and it's and it's, so it's like oh i want a documentary now about the making of the most famous movie ever made right. and so it starts off as that but then he sees all the people talking crap behind his back and he's basically like no one respects me i spent six million dollars in this movie which and then rogan goes you spent six million dollars on this I think, movie? Was, I think it was greg that says oh, was that. it because greg didn't even know he's like well, where did it go where's <laughs> yeah. but so like he's like i spent all this money on the movie and all you do is backstab me and betray me and everyone's talking crap and so i think he's like i'm not spending any more money on right on air conditioning water, air water all because no one respects me right and then, and then the old lady, the old lady passes, passes out. out and he was like that's it we're calling it like we're taking a break for lunch the scene that i did like is the infamous i didn't hit her i didn't right. hit her um where he just can't get the line yeah like he, and this should tell you how how awful tommy was though as an actor is that this this dialogue is very simple but he can't do it yeah. and for whatever reason he almost does like a like a rube from major league two where greg is like gives him this little pep talk and he comes out and he nails it and everybody's well, looking at i mean at, he nails it for tommy okay yes uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that i'd say he nails it <laughs> but it's, it's, but it's the like fa- after it's, 50 takes yeah it's yeah. the famous scene it's yeah. probably the most famous scene from the movie yeah. that everybody quotes yeah uh, all the time so somebody quoted that to me one time before i'd seen it and they're just like ha 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 and i was like i don't get it well those <laughs> like, are it's two from, different it's from the room yeah and i was like what's the room so there's those two different scenes that happen on the rooftop. The one is the, oh, I did Mark. not hit her. Yeah. I did not. This is did bullshit. Not. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. And the other one is that one they do like in, in the disaster hours three or four times where Greg is like, I once knew a girl. Oh, the laughing scene? Yeah. yeah. That, that's the ha-ha, what a <laughs> what story. A, <laughs> Rogan's just like, did he just laugh? Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, why? And that's how it really happened. Like They could not get him to do one take. Like He's like, the script supervisor is like, okay, that's fine. Let's get one take where maybe you don't laugh. <laughs> and so they just do it over and over again. And they finally get fed up and like, whatever, we yeah. got it. He's like, this is a really intense story he's telling you. He's like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's about All a girl right. that had was sleeping with a bunch of guys and one put her in the hospital. Right. And he's Tommy like, ha, will ha, only oh, Mark, respond. What a funny story. Ah, what a story. <laughs> and it's like, no. And, and it's like, Tommy wrote this scene. It's not <laughs> yeah, supposed that to be is, funny. That's what also they say. They're like, he wrote you this, wrote right? <laughs> so. Yeah. So I always like that he gives you the name of the street that the hospital is on. Yes, yeah, it's so random. I, I forget what it is, but you put her in a, Guerrero Street. Uh, yeah, in a hospital. Oh, Guerrero, Guerrero Street. street. You know why he did that? No, you don't remember it from the book. There's uh, a very specific reason. It that's, somebody's name. It's like that's a, ad-libbed. Yeah, Greg did that, and it pissed Tommy off. That was where Tommy's house was, and he oh. didn't want anyone to know about him. 
don't don't tell, right, don't talk that. about me. Don't talk about my life. Don't talk about my car. So Greg ad libs and only does the line, or he he did the one, and it was the best take where he says, "I once knew a girl on." Uh, they put her funny. out of the hospital on Guerrero Street, and Tommy was so mad. They're gonna find me, you know? Like, <laughs> it's like who's they? Yeah, but anyway, that's the story behind that. Okay, it was interesting. Like, and he says in the book, he's like, and that's the one that made it in the movie. That's hilarious. <laughs> so finally, I guess. I think they, oh, they do the sex scene. Yeah, and it's super like that scene. I got to tell you, that was hard to watch. Like in the real through, one. The, no, the real one was what it was. Like it, but oh. I mean, in the disaster artist, like oh, the way he's so treating mad her. Him. Yeah, and like and she's she's a very beautiful girl, and he's yeah. calling her ugly and you know like fat and like Paul Shear's character. Well, I think was, it's mainly because she had a pimple on her shoulder. She had like a birthmark and, and on her shoulder. Is it a birth? I th- well, in the book, I think at least it's a pimple. I think but in the book, oh, but yeah. he's like, he's like, I can't have this in my movie. This yeah. is sex scene, and they're you just know? they're just like, what is wrong with you? And the whole yeah. scene, Franco's running around with like sock basically and i thought his was out oh you're using the technical terminology that's exactly what it is i don't (laughs) i don't know what to call it but like i thought his was like there's a scene he just he's running around with his clothes off and there's one point where he like is climbing into bed and i was like did i just see franco's like that's super weird (laughs) but this whole movie's so weird and but this is all real it all it's all real and and um greg is just like you cannot talk to the this is that scene that we were talking about uh, he's like, you can't talk to these people like that. Like, that's not okay. He's like, it's my movie. I talk to them however I want. So he goes back, and like the girl is super distraught, and Greg is trying to smooth it all over. And he's Raphael just, almost fights with. Yeah, like, which makes me think like Raphael and the girl had a thing because like he gets I, super defensive. But I, he could I just don't be think coming so. to her defense. But this is really happens. Like he, you know, the the crew is like, I'm done with this crap, yeah. and you're mistreating people. Everyone was on their last straw. Yes, and he's like, you're fired. And they has a big talk. He's like, I'll give you one more chance. Yeah. It's fine. But yeah, like the, the where he gets into bed with this girl, and he's not. He's like, they gotta see my my ass. They gotta see my ass. Yeah. And <laughs> there's, I do like when they finally get to the screening, and the entire crowd is just like, ooh, because I mean, it's basically his butthole. Like that's the way that scene is shot. Like it's super awkward. Yeah. But Rogan is just like, I think he's having sex with her belly button. Yeah. He's like, I'm doing it my way. I'm doing it. Uh, and they find like they they get to the last day of shooting. And I think Tommy knows that he has done some serious damage to his relationship with Greg. So he fires the entire crew. So Rogan's character, Paul Shear's character, everybody is fired. I like how in the beginning of the movie, they're like day one of 30 <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Like and then by 60. the end, they're like day 50 of 30. <laughs> yeah, it's right, like right. really good. So they go and they have this scene. It's in the movie of them like jogging and Tommy's wearing like MMA gloves and weirdly like hemmed pants. I couldn't tell. I, I just couldn't tell. I've seen the room several times. I couldn't tell if this Have you was really a, seen it several times? I don't think I could ever watch it again. Well, when you go in person, it, it's like a Rocky Horror. It is. Like oh, the crowd really? interacts with it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. No, it's so fun. Okay. You haven't seen it until no. you go. This is a total commercial for I watched room it in midnight. my basement. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to watch it with other people. It's okay. so fun. Okay. And there's things you say to talk to interact with what the characters say. I'm a lot you. of fun. So I'm not sure if this is the actual one or if this is like an extra scene because in the movie there's they're not fighting the same way they fight in they do not fight right the, so in, so that scene in the room is just there's no di- there's no yeah. audio it's just them like throwing a football around 
Yeah, so I can't tell running. if this was an additional scene or if this was part of what ended up in the room. Like, I wonder if it got cut. But like, he, ba- Tommy, it's... basically wanted to call him out because he's like, "Now you can really act because you're a guy that can't, hasn't made it and you're not yeah. getting any roles." Like, he really pushes his buttons, and Greg's had enough of it. Yeah, he's, he's just like, "Screw you!" He kind of puts him in his place. Yeah. Like, they have a little throwdown right then mm-hmm. and there, and that's kind of and Greg Watton. And this happens in real life. Artists, they really yeah. kind of break up. I mean, they are not friends for a long time because Greg is totally sick of Tommy's crap. Right. And Tommy gets really depressed. And eventually, as we know, they, they make up and now they're good friends Buddies. and all that. But, but yeah, so they, they flash forward a couple months and Greg is working on uh, smaller stages. And he's I think he was doing Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a really good scene. Like Franco was able to to act quote unquote yeah. act a he's little grown bit he's and, grown as an yeah. actor and his mom's like see you don't have to be in big hollywood you can do these little and he's just like great yeah thanks mom uh and then i'm trying does he get oh so he's getting like getting his mail we get his mail and he has an invite an rsvp invitation to a sc- to the world premiere of the room and he's just like son of a bitch he's <laughs> like, away. god dang it and he's driving down a street and he sees a billboard yeah. For the room. And he ran this billboard. It was up for like, what, two years yeah. or something? Are you so, serious? Yeah. And that that's part of what got people to finally go to the movie because the movie in real life gets d- discovered by celebrities like Paul Rudd was an early adopter of the film and part of what it was actually a couple college guys yeah. that started it and then they they right. picked up steam and the celebrities found it but like yeah. it was it was the last uh the last week of showing and these college guys found it and they bought a ticket to it and they were intrigued because the sign said no refunds <laughs> it said no refunds and it had a, a quote from a review that said this movie is like a getting stabbed in the head <laughs> yeah. and, and uh and so they were like I'm in yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and and but then people started to go because they kept bringing people back, yeah. and they are the ones that like the movie was supposed to be out of theaters, and they they convinced the theater to show it more, and they got more and more people and turned it into an event. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so he ends up coming out of he sees the billboard, and he was like, "My career is just becoming stable, and now this movie's going to come out, yeah. and I am effed." And he's at the death of a salesman again. He's, and he's coming about out. To leave yeah, he's leaving there's another to- night. There's and- Tommy outside. And he was just like, "You did an RSVP." He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I know." And so finally, he did. He's like, "We did it, man! Yeah. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna. Do- it's a world premiere. We're gonna do it." He's like, "All right, fine." So he wears the puzzles on a tux, gets in the limo with Tommy with all the promotional all items. The promotion- Tommy's- like they they can't get in the limo because it. Like they can't sit next to each other because yeah. they've got all the promo Boxes items. And, yeah. So they drive up to the, <laughs> promotional up to the theater. So yeah, promotional they drive up to the theater. Tommy rolls the window down and he's like, "Keep going, keep going." And <laughs> all of the people there was like, "Was that? Is yeah. that him?" And he was like, "Would you expect anything yeah. else?" <laughs> and yeah, well, Seth Rogen's like, at this point, it would be weird if Tommy <laughs> didn't do something that was weird. <laughs> so they they show up. The movie starts, and the crowd doesn't know what to do, and they start booing. And all of us like laughing, laughing, like not appropriate. Right. I, I do like the scene with the uh, so they're doing the sex scenes and the girl, the actress, she's like, I feel like, you know, and she's looking like a million bucks and she's like, I feel like I'm overdressed. She's like, no, no. June Diane Rayfield is there. She's like, you look great. And then the sex scenes start and she was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> she's like, it's still going on, isn't it? And she was <laughs> June. Yeah. She was just like, yep. Yeah, it is. And, and, and again, if you haven't seen the room, it's a very it has long. To, it has scene. to I be. I mean, it's probably what four to it's six at least minutes. Four, it's it a four easily. minutes long, yeah. but it feels like forty minutes. Yeah, long. Yeah, it is. And he's super awkward. He's taking a rose and he's taking oh the petals God. off it and like trying to put them on her, and, and he's like rubbing it. It's yeah. So, and then there's a little uh, like a little. Um, 
Bed Bath and Beyond style like table fountain or something that they're like shooting through. Oh the fountain no! Or... So what it was is they tried to they tried to do it. If you in the in the disaster artist, yeah. they show you that it's a it's a window that is rigged, or it's like a fake window pane. to have yeah. water like it's, it's rain. Yeah. And but it just looks that. so like he's trying to be artistic, yeah. and it's just like it's awful. It's ridiculous. So and the crowd starts laughing. Yeah. And like hysterically laughing, and he it's gets, like it's it's funny to watch because at first they're like laughing, but they're trying to contain it, right? And like they're trying to be polite because they don't. And then at some point, just the <laughs> dam breaks, and yeah. they just give up. Yes, and, and this and it's an emotional scene. Franco yeah. as Tommy, I mean, he has a tear rolling down his eye because yeah. he put his his blood, sweat, tears, life into this movie, Red Bull, and yeah, and yeah, yeah he was definitely sweating Red Bull <laughs> at this point, and uh, it's emotional because he's looking around, yeah. and even Greg's laughing, but he stops when he sees that right. Tommy, you know, and uh, it's sad. And he walks out to the lobby, and and uh, this is a really nice scene between Greg and Tommy. Or yeah, Greg this is one of those scenes where I think it, it helps with their brothers. Yeah, and yeah. it adds to, adds to that. And, and where Tom, he just kind of says, he's like, "Look, people make movies all the time, and there's no, re- but look at like look at what you did. Yeah, and he's like, like, like your we movie is and, causing this. and people are enjoying it. Yeah, and, and not and uh, initially ironically, yeah, but not ironically now. Like once they own it, and so. At the end, Tommy gets up there and he was just like, "Well, Thank they're you. all cheer- he's in the lobby and they all start chanting Tommy, t- right. which really happened, I believe." And and so he goes up there and he and it's it's just a great moment. He's like, "This is my movie. This is my life." This and everyone's my, cheering. Thank and, you for enjoying my comedic yeah. movie. Yeah, I planned oh, it the good. entire time. <laughs> but I, like the thing, what makes me think this actually happened is because you can, with some movies, you can say that this happened, but you can't confirm it. Yeah. All you have to do is go like you. I'm sure you could find the people that were in that screening. Yeah, like, yeah. what oh, happened? Yeah. Like it's all stuff that you could prove. I mean, this right. is Greg's tell-all book. I mean, right. this was in the book. I mean, this is how it went down, and that's kind of how it ends: is them up on stage, and then it. Uh, we get kind of a rundown of what happened. Like the movie has yeah. been on tour, and it's become like a cult classic. The movie cost six million dollars <laughs> allegedly. It played for two weeks. Yep, made it 18, made eighteen hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then yeah, it, it's it like found its, it's now. Life. But it's nice. They show clips really of Tommy going out and doing the screenings. And they said it's now recouped its money, which is true. And it's like he shows it all over the world. Greg and Tommy are still best friends. They're doing a movie called Best Friends that's coming out. No, they're soon. not. Yeah. they are. Comes out next year. Best oh friends God. with R in parentheses. So it's like best fiends, best oh, friends. They're like there's no. drug deals and guns. It's it's getting really good reviews. It was at a Shut film festival. It is. It is. <laughs> Uh, Greg wrote it in like four days. He Greg wrote it this time, and oh, maybe it'll be okay. Maybe yeah. like, uh, so non-ironic. Yeah, yeah right. but it's it's getting good reviews. Seriously, oh my uh, god! But uh, you know they're just doing all sorts of stuff now and, and touring especially. And uh, so they do a really great breakdown during the credits. They yeah. show the fake scenes. They film more than was even in the movie, but they're There's like a lot of it identical. My, my favorite scene is the flower as a flower shop scene. That's like, my that's favorite my scene in the room. In the mo- in when the you room. watched it in the room, yes. were you just like, "This is amazing." Yes, like that is. Oh, I was hi, like. Tom. I mean, I didn't know it was you. And like what? Rogan had, so like I watched it as I'm watching the room in my head. I was like, how does anybody not recognize Same him? Here. She <laughs> looks at him and then she turns away and then goes, oh, hi, I didn't know I didn't it was recognize you. Like, what? you. But then, and then, and then goes, Rogan, Rogan's just like, how do you not recognize that guy? Yeah. But then he goes, he goes, here, she goes, that's whatever. And he goes, okay, here you go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. Hi, doggy. And then <laughs> and just bye, walks out. Bye, Johnny. You're my favorite you're customer. customer. <laughs> like, so when I first watched the movie, not to go on too much further, but when I first watched the movie, I'm like, okay. You thought Disaster Artist or The Room? The Room. When okay. I first watched The Room, I was like, this movie is clearly an alien trying to <laughs> replicate what human life and interactions is. That's Tommy looks like an alien in a human suit. I can like, see there's that. just something sure, weird about sure. it. He's in good shape, but it's weird, right? He's like, ripped. He's like, almost he like, is... he's like, like Stallone though it's like HGH rip right it's weird and so I'm like this is an alien doing an analysis of human life and what 
interactions and relationships that, are. That's I can see where that scene could look like something out of a Twilight Zone it's episode. So weird. <laughs> yeah. But they show all those scenes, and then and then after the credits, we see like it's like near. It looks like the rooftop party or something. And uh, Tommy is is outside. Uh, Franco Tommy is outside leaning on the wall yeah. and here comes Tommy Wiseau with the <laughs> fakest stupidest looking mustache and his hair tucked into a, a <laughs> short wig and he, they just have this crazy interaction where Franco Tommy is like where are you from and and he, he goes are you from New Orleans and he's like yeah I'm from New Orleans they have this great back and forth and then anyway he, he leaves once Tommy's like you know get out of here and he's like geez people can be so str- people are so strange this day. and then he was like oh hi Betsy yeah, just, oh, yeah. just a nice cam it was so weird. It's so weird. It's such a weird like the fact that there is no information on this dude. Yeah. yeah. Is in this day and age. In this day and age. Is flabbergasting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Which makes he, you think he might be an alien. I I'm telling you, that's my it's theory. Possible. Men in black Men in Black yeah. 4. We're going to find <laughs> out. But I I absolutely love this movie. I was yeah, I was, it was a I, fun did, movie. I did not have I did not really want to see it. Like I had yeah. no affinities to this movie. I'm super glad that right? I did. Yeah. It's yeah. good. It was a lot of I, fun. I saw it twice. I went back and I saw it. And I think I really like did Tommy proud somewhere, even though he doesn't know this, but like I went to go see it on one of the biggest screens in the area. <laughs> it's, uh, I saw it on the old. He saw it in 35 millimeter yeah, and, and digital. And there you go. Yeah. So. But I went to see it in this giant screen with like 200 leather reclining heated seats. You're going to go to a boutique theater to watch Star Wars, aren't you? Oh yeah, because yeah, I'm a hipster right. now. But anyway, it's just like somewhere Tommy is smiling because he knows it. And like this movie, A24 again, they release release this movie on IMAX. That's insane. because there's nothing else the week before Star Wars oh. out, so they took all the IMAX screens. <laughs> That's fudge and brilliant. See the disaster artist in 2D IMAX. That's like, hilarious. Yeah, funny. So. So uh, well, I guess that's the uh, that's the disaster artist. Yeah, so yeah. go check it out. Yeah, so let's uh, let's go around the table and everybody can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts B U T T S twenty one. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R Bracket. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Real Spoilers or on Twitter at Real Spoilers or on our website realspoilers.com. So that's it uh, for this episode. Coming up with the next one, we will tackle the shape of water. The critical darling that everyone loves. Everyone? everyone. Sure. Yeah. So how do we know? We haven't seen it yet. <laughs> That's true. It's a, it's a ways away yet. So but that'll be coming up on the next episode. So, it's uh, GDT. How could you go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Eros lets Trent and the cops enter the saucer. I did not hit her. It's not true. I did not hit her. Oh, hi, Mark. Lisa, Lisa. You're tearing me apart. You know what they say, love is blind. Let's go eat out. Everything is fine. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.